This podcast is designed for you to discover more about who you are, to challenge your old adopted beliefs, and to expand your awareness of what's really possible. I'm Adam Esco, and this is The Unspoken Agreements. Welcome back to The Unspoken Agreements podcast. I am your host, Adam Esco. Before I introduce this week's fantastic guest, I want to share a little bit about myself. I am a transformational coach who gets to work with some amazing people. Very, very grateful for that. And it wasn't always this way. I was in a career where I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I had the rest of my life figured out when I signed up for this. I trained and practiced as a periodontist and For me, it just never felt right when I started practicing. I just couldn't get there. It was a struggle. I was terrified of doing this for the rest of my life. I just saw that path and I did not want any part of it. That one decision to move into coaching changed everything. I dedicated my life to leading myself away from the struggles I was in with the help of some fantastic coaches. And now I get to lead people who want to experience a different life for themselves, a life where they could say what they want, feel what they want, and actually have the results show up in their life. And it's so much fun. So if this is something that speaks to you, I encourage you to send me an email at adam at escocoaching.com. I'm also really thankful to be working with TruthWorks Media who produced this podcast. Podcast is blowing up in 2020. It's taking over businesses. TruthWorks Media works with Fortune 500 companies. They work with small businesses. They work with startups. I've had such a great experience working with them, specifically Michael. And I encourage you, if this is something that interests you, to reach out to them. They are just wonderful people and they do great work. Now to introduce this week's fantastic guest, Tristan Guttner. Tristan is, you're going you're to pick up something right off the bat from Tristan. It's probably some of the most refreshing conversations I'll have with any human being is going to be with Tristan because he is a master of authenticity. He is a master of expressing himself fully. Uh, this guy has led himself through some dark times and it shows off in the way that he leads himself and what he does for his clients. He is a transformational coach who invented and created the Quantum Leap Method, which is designed to help his clients rapidly increase their income and impact while eradicating burnout and confusion. Tristan went from painting houses to running an over six-figure business within the first year. I mean, he is the real deal and I am just so excited to share this episode with you. So without further ado, Tristan Guttner. All right, I am super excited to talk with you today, Tristan. This is a real treat for me. Um, this is su- this is such a treat for me. I don't even think you knew that I knew about you or you knew that I knew about you. <laughs> so let me explain what that means. Yeah. We were at a conference 
maybe half a year ago, maybe six, seven months ago in Atlanta. And I look over and I see this guy, which is you, uh, and my uh, my coach is, and you and she are having a conversation. I'm like, man, she's talking to this guy over there. I'm like, this guy looks pretty cool. Like there's some judgments going on. Like, I don't know who this guy is, but he seems like really cool. And they look like they're having an awesome conversation. So that was really the end of that. The conference ended a few days later. I see your name pop up on social media and I, I friend you and I reached out to you and I just kind of see the content that you're putting out on social media. And I think we're going to get to that a little bit today. That's some, some things I want to spend some time talking about. And it, it just, you just drew me in right off the bat. I mean, the content and your messages and the things that you're doing with your life just absolutely drew me in and has continued to do so for as up until that date. And I remember the first time we connected, I reached out to you, not knowing if I'd hear back. And we end up talking on the phone for like an hour. You told me a lot about your story. And that's something I'm hoping to get into a little bit more today. But I could just say that from that moment, you're someone that I've admired a great deal. Um, your honesty, your openness, your willingness to talk about things authentically that are super vulnerable. And that's why I'm so excited to get into this conversation with you today. And I, I really thank you for taking your time to be here. Oh, man, you're, you're welcome, man. And thank you for such an extraordinary and generous uh, introduction, man. The feelings are, are mutual and I'm, I'm really excited to be here. So I know you're this very well-known transformational coach, but you weren't, and this wise man. But before that, you were a jazz musician. You had your hands into another business. Can you share a little bit more with me about what got you to this point? A little bit more about your story for reference? Yeah, I'd be happy to, man. And if I, if I start wandering, man, just bring me back or ask me something really pointed. But uh, from a really early age, man, I knew that I wanted to do what I'm now doing. Now, I didn't, I'm not saying as a young child, I knew that this particular profession or industry existed, but I, I love helping people. I really love helping people. And uh, from a real early age, I noticed that uh, I was, I think as all humans are to a greater or lesser degree, uh, very aware of sort of the subtle dynamics between human beings and the subtle things that, that are being expressed, though maybe not through language. So someone's body language may be expressing something very different than their, the words they're choosing. Uh, or they're just sort of giving off what you can call a vibe. Like they're saying whatever they're saying, but you're like, you know, the vibe doesn't quite add up. I'm getting something else in the transmission here. So I've just always been real aware of that. And it, it was actually something that was really challenging for really a long time because I didn't have anyone else in my life that I, that I thought perceived the world that way. I mean, it turns out I was very wrong about that. But mm. as a kid, I didn't have anyone I could really talk to about that. So it was pretty isolating. And uh, growing up, it seemed like other people weren't really thinking about that. So I just sort of backburnered it and it, it would always just keep popping its head up. Like when I was at, at uh, college or university, I had a really hard time, man. Like I loved being around creative people, but I needed a lot more space to figure out like who the fuck I am and what I'm here to do and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. the regimen of sort of picking a major and fulfilling it, go, go, go didn't really work for me. So I, I left school and I ended up coming back. And I, when I came back, I designed a major that essentially was just me doing what I do now, but 
I figured out a way where they would let me sort of study human consciousness. You could just say it like that, or the yeah. human system and how a human functions and why we do what we do and how we do it. It popped up there, and uh, I, I really started to pursue music heavily at that point, and it was mostly uh, in the jazz idiom. So there is structure there. There's a lot of improvisation as well. And um, I, I just learned a shitload, man, by being in that position. You know, I learned to really trust myself and trust what the universe is putting through me because you can't, when you're performing live, you, you don't have space to really second guess too much. If you do, it's going to be a train wreck. It really honed my capacity to listen to multiple things at once and see how they interact as a cohesive whole, or if they're not interacting as a cohesive whole, what needs to shift to bring that into, into equilibrium and balance. So I did that for, for a long time, and I sort of transitioned out of that. My wife and I also ran a pretty successful high-end house painting business, mm -hmm. um, which was it was interesting. I mean, it's not the work I wasn't really passionate about, but I absolutely loved being able to go into someone's space and completely transform their experience by mm -hmm. putting color on the wall or whatever, whatever we did. Um, but I learned a lot entrepreneurially through that business. Um, and I started my coaching business as I was still running that house painting business. And um, eventually just, just made the leap and said, you know, I'm not, I'm not actually happy painting houses and running this business. It doesn't bring me joy. And we may talk about this later on in the convo, but I just reached a certain point where the pain of not doing what I was here to do was more overwhelming or stronger than the fear of going to do that thing. So it just won out. I got to jump in there because what you just said, it's so, so much at home for what I had gone through this past year and I'm so glad you just said that because people look at me who have fully decided to take a step back from periodontics, from dentistry, and they're like, wow, that's so courageous that you're getting, you know, starting a business, getting into coaching, and you're going to give up dentistry. And honestly, I never felt that way. It was never, I, to me, that wasn't courage. There's some other things that, I would define more as courageous. It was that the pain of staying in it, of not leaving, was greater than the pain that then to actually get out and do it. That, yes. So, the, so what you just said, I think, you know, really hit home and probably hits home to a lot of listeners. Yeah, and man, I, you know, I do think, I do think it takes courage to do what you've chosen to do, what I chose to do in the past, what many people, hopefully, listening to this, are, are choosing to do currently. And your your point is well taken though that it's uh you know in a way man it's more courageous uh, <laughs> foolhardy but courageous to stay doing some shit we don't love doing and enduring the pain of that that takes a lot of courage and fortitude rather than just taking a leap. I don't know if that's courage if that's fear of what you know the unknown but it could be a, it could be a mix match of sure. all that. Yeah, so that's so super interesting. You you kind of bounce around. Obviously, it, it, you have this artist DNA in you, but you also kind of mentioned that you're super aware. Almost, you didn't use this word, but I was thinking sensitive to other people's behaviors, their emotions. Do you feel like that is part of your your nature that you or that you you think you grew up that way where? you had that ability or you developed that ability just in a terms of a survival mechanism from 
the conditions that you grew up in? Good question. Very, very good question. Um, I think we all have that, really. Um, you know, it actually sort of like, I'll get in arguments with people and sometimes it'll piss me off when someone sort of deferentially wants to be like, oh, you're, you're so aware of this. And it's like, no, man, we, we all are so aware of that if we choose to be aware of it. It's, that's part of being a human. Yeah, we have five senses. We have a lot of other senses too. So yes, mine, mine was, I don't know how I came into the world, but I know mine was very heightened, as you said, very eloquently as a survival mechanism. Because for me, I, I grew up in a household where my parents are wonderful people. They're, they're quite loving, sweet. Um, but just because of their own material, like everyone has, um, I felt like things were really emotionally out of control a lot of the time. And so my, the way I sort of navigated that was to be real sensitive to what everyone else's needs were and to try to be whoever I needed to be in each instance to get other people's needs met so that it would hopefully calm the storm for them so then I would feel safer. So it's like if everyone else felt okay, then I would be okay because there was no seeming threat like emotionally or energetically. So I think like I really do think we all have that same gift to be aware of the subtler things uh, going on in life. And mine may have developed more quickly than it would have otherwise because I did choose it as a defense mechanism or survival instinct. Yeah, very cool. So, and then what's interesting is, I mean, I can relate so well, but, and I'm only speaking for myself here and, and many other people that I listen to. My question to you is, you, were, were you aware that this was something that was going on or you just thought this was you until you actually became aware that, hey, I'm, I'm going to go around making sure everyone's needs met. I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm just going to make sure everyone's happy that way. I internally feel good. And then when did you actually become aware that that's, that behavior is something you were subconsciously choosing to do? Oh, not, not until my adult life, dude, for sure. It was such a subconscious reaction to what was going on around me. I mean, I'm still unpacking pieces of that, if I'm being honest. You know, There's still mm -hmm. places that shows up in my life, my business, my marriage. I'm like, oh, shit, there it is again. There it is again, subtle, <laughs> subtle, subtle pieces that slipped through. So yeah, not, not until I started really getting into um, personal study and personal development and going like, why, why is my life the way it is? Because I don't, I don't want to think I'm just a victim to circumstance here. So when I started mm. to look under the hood and uh, just take greater and greater levels of responsibility for what was going on in my life. I want you just mentioned something you're things showing up in your relationship, things showing up in your personal and business life. And I was looking on your, I mean, you're, you, you probably show up on my Facebook feed and IG feed a lot because I'm continually like liking it and responding to it and engaging with it. And you put out something a couple of days ago that just blew me over. And I want to share that I actually wrote it down, uh, if that's okay. Yeah, of course, man. So... First of all, it, it was just super vulnerable, and I think, and it was so real and raw. You said something like you were looking back to where you were just a little over a year ago when you realized you sort of hated your life, and you were talking about things in your business, your marriage, your relationship, and your kids were all fine, but something didn't excite you, felt a little off, and 
then you talked a little bit about how you you kind of transformed that. But I'd love to ask, and now you're now admittedly you love your life. And we're looking back and this is like a year ago. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we're talking a year. That's freaking nothing. So what what is it in least in this past year that caused that biggest shift for you? Because that's not a lot of time. Yeah, good good question, man. Um what what I was talking about in that post is I mean you, you paraphrased it really well, but what was ultimately going on underneath that was I had allowed myself to have a certain level of success in my business. We had moved to LA from the East Coast and on the outside it's like things looked cool, like we were kicking ass and things are going great. And they were in a way. But there was I was just ready for a new stage of growth and I was resisting growing in that way. I didn't know it at the time, but I was. So my, my vision at that point for my life and my business was like, cool, have a thriving coaching business, get on some stages, talk, get in some publications, and all that kind of stuff started to happen. And I was just, I just realized like there was no drive. Like I wasn't, I didn't feel excited really about anything mm-hmm. going on in my life. And it's easy to look in and go, well, that's not really a problem, man. And in a, in a way, sure, it's not really a problem, but it's pretty painful to not be excited about your life. And it's pretty painful to look around and go like, yeah, it's fine, I guess. But that's why I said, I remember it and I put it in that exact language. I sort of hate my life. It wasn't like my life is fucking awful because there was no like super traumatic shit going on. But I was taking stock and it was like, I didn't, I didn't feel excited at all. And like things are either growing or they're decaying. There's no homeostasis. So yeah. because I wasn't feeling excited, there was that feeling of sort of hatred and real despair going on. Mm. So that's a long-winded sort of preface here, man. But really what happened is I started to look and go, all right, man, you're, you're here for more than this. This is not satisfying you. So what's next? And it really took a few months to start to stretch and open up. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and um, – I sort of admitted to myself through this conversation with her what I really wanted in my life, like what the next stage of growth for my life and my business, my marriage, all this stuff were. And it was nothing more than than, uh, I wasn't allowing myself to want what I want because it was fucking scary to name this big goal and go, yo, I want that. That's (laughs) exciting to me because once we name it, it's like we can't unname it to ourselves. (laughs) You can't unsee the thing once you've seen it. And once you see it, you're bound to that thing. You're bound to be a witness to that thing and to allow it to grow and to tend it. What do you think was scary about it? Is it that like you don't have that belief that you could do it? I'm thinking like broader for people when they like, I, if I name it, then I actually am responsible for doing it or I'm afraid of doing the things that'll help me get there or a combination. Like, I, what is probably it a combination. And just, you know, I'll answer for myself in a second, but just you're an incredible example of this, Adam. At some point, I don't, I don't know exactly how this occurred for you. You went, I don't really want to be in dentistry. I want to be in personal growth. I want to help people live these amazing lives that I know they're capable of. And once you see that, there's like this, at least for me, there's sort of an oh shit moment. <laughs> because you go, shit, now I have to actually be honest with myself that I had that thought. Or I have to ignore it and suppress it the rest of my life, which is even more painful. Mm. So for yeah. me, yeah, it was a combination of things, but... For, for me, the next step was taking what I do to a much bigger stage. So 
I've in the last year launched a TV show and a podcast and an interview series and a second TV show. Like a lot of things are happening. And while that's very exciting and even the thought of it was exciting to me at the time, it, it butted up against my core material. So for a very long time, one of the ways I chose to stay safe in my life was to sort of fly under the radar. And I do shit that was like just uh, how would I say this? Like just visible enough that I would get positive feedback, but not so visible that if I really fucked up, I would be witnessed by a lot of people. And were you someone that convinced yourself like, oh, by the way, I'm doing these things. Like, so you would get to a level and you'd be like, well, I'm trying all this. So like you're kind of convincing yourself that you're doing it, even though you're not going 100% in. To a, to a certain degree, man, what actually was happening for me is I was actually, I, I was pushing to create this change, but I was looking at it in a way that was sort of backwards. And what that allowed me to do was to quote unquote try and then have it not work and be like, have an excuse for why my, mm. my thing wasn't moving forward. So it was very convenient to the, for the part of me that didn't want to move forward because I was scared to go, look, man, I'm trying. I'm reaching out every day. I'm yeah. trying to get on this stage and this TV show and this thing and this thing. And it's just not working. Yeah. And so then I got to be frustrated and feel desperate and feel angry and feel resentful, all the shit that emotionally allows me to stay where I am. Mm. And it wasn't until I took a step back and consciously but also sort of half consciously was just like i don't i don't know what is going on here this is not working as i said i was having a conversation with a friend just very casually and i told her like you know what i really want to do is have this tv show i've sort of seen it for a long time and uh she started laughing and this was someone i we this is the first time we'd ever talked so i know a thing about her she didn't really know about me um (laughs) she started laughing i was like what are you laughing at she said you know that's what i do right What do you mean that's what you do? And she said, I I run a media company and I I help people start TV shows and I have relationships with these studios and these platforms to get your TV show made and seen and all that kind of stuff. And I'd started laughing, but inside I was also sort of terrified. It was one of those moments where like, (laughs) I was like, oh shit, I wish I had not said that. Because then I had no excuse not to go do it. So once I admitted what I really wanted, it happened so quick. I love this so much. Was there any part of you at this stage where you were like, uh, do I share with this person? I don't even know that I want to do a TV show. Like, did you take that? No, man, it's, it came out so quickly. Wow. It was like one of those moments, like out of a movie when someone says something and they cover their mouth in shock. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. I wish that hadn't escaped. It was like that. Like, I didn't, as I was saying it, I didn't realize the import of what I was saying until it was out. And then she started laughing and said, well, that's what I do. Then I had a moment. I was like, oh, crap. No, if I had thought about it, I never would have said it. That's why it had never come out of my mouth before. Wow. It was so uh, inherent in your core and your desire. Yes. And you didn't let your conscious mind, all the barriers block it, all the thinking analytical part of your mind really block it. It just came out. Well, I wish I could take credit for that, man. I wish I could say like, I noticed the fear and I said it. It, it wasn't was, even like that. I just sort of said it very casually without even realizing exactly what I was saying. Let's unpack that for a second because you have to be a pretty conscious person 
in your practice or in, in, in your being to actually let stuff flow so that you could uh, unpack, un realize these, these things inside you? Like, would you be able to, would that have come up 10 years ago or would you be too much in your own thoughts to even get to that point? Well, you know what's weird, Adam? When I now look back, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And once we're once we reach a certain plateau, we can look down at the path we traveled and see it much more clearly. And when we're on the path, we just sort of see the next step. But what's strange is when I look back at the arc of my life, so much indicated that this is what I would go do, but I couldn't mm. see it at the time. Like from when I was such a little kid, man, I I wanted to be in front of a lot of people. I didn't even, like, I thought maybe music or something like that. But again, I didn't play music till I was like 21 or something, 20, 21. So I wasn't like a performer. I loved the idea of performing, but I was so scared to go do it that I wouldn't even really acknowledge that I loved it. And then when mm -hmm. I was, was finally playing music and performing, I loved it. But, and I love music and I always will. But what I loved was when you do something and you can see that it transforms someone else. That was like what was most touching to me. But when I look back at the arc of my life, there's all these indicators that like part of what I'm here to do is be in front of people and allow something to move through me that then allows them to see their life differently. I just didn't know it would take this form until it did. I love that. And, and what's interesting is someone who just listened to that may have a similar thought to me, which is, okay, you love it. It's in your core, like you know you love something, but you're scared to do it at the same time. Where does where does the where do you think the fear comes from? Even though you know you love it, where does the fear develop? Is like I know I'm a performer, I love to do it, but I'm also scared to shit to get up there and and be. Well, for for me, man, it it was being really visible. Like as I said earlier, you know, I was a real chameleon and people pleaser for a very long time. So my, my survival, at least so I thought, was based on being who I needed to be in each situation, to please that person, to be okay with that person so I would get love. So becoming visible past a certain point, becoming like authentically visible as who I really was, yeah. seemed very threatening to that. So I would never let myself really go there. So choosing to do what I'm now doing, I had to become the person like grow into the person who would be willing to do that. And that's, that's the thing for all of us. And for anyone listening here, it's, it's true for all of us. The thing we're meant to go do, like what, whatever reason we each came into a human body, whatever that unique purpose is that we each have, it's going, we're going to be blind to it to the degree that we're operating with these safety mechanisms in place. And the, to the degree we're going to go achieve that thing, we have to grow right through whatever that safety mechanism is and really evolve it. Another way to say that is to go do what we're really here to do. We have to completely challenge and transform the ways we've learned to stay safe. Mm, that's beautiful. Like it's always going to confront that part of us by design. And that's how you grow. Yeah, exactly. Into the person you really, the thing or person or whoever you really want to be. Yes. And whatever possibility you want to create. Yeah, that, I feel that totally. You know, I was um, at this personal development seminar and it was about 60 or 80 people in the audience. And part of it was, it was an optional part where people would get up 
you know, in front of a microphone and share something vulnerable. And I remember this woman, she was probably in her late thirties and now we're friendly, get up and share something. She said she has two kids, maybe one's around 12 or 11, one's about seven or eight. And she, many times she does not want to be with her kids. She shared that. And you could tell she started crying. She, she clearly felt all this shame and guilt around feeling that way. And there was a lot of self-judgment there. And it was probably the first time she had ever shared something like that. And I was sitting there and I was watching her and I was thinking, man, this is a mother that's just shared something that is so horrifying for herself. I just thought she was the bravest person that I've come across in such a long time. And then over the next couple of weeks, you kind of saw this transformation start to happen because she was sharing something authentically about herself. Um, people weren't, you know, judging her. In fact, they were, you know, I went up to her and said, thank you so much for sharing that. And so many of us feel that way. I know I felt that at a time and I fucking love my kids, but like sometimes I just need to tap out like for sure. <laughs> And she gave me the, that sharing gave me the sense that, hey, like it's okay to feel this way. So I think there's something really powerful to this type of sharing. And I, and I say that to you because like what I'm seeing you do is so inspiring and so powerful and so raw. What are you getting out of living this way? That's what I'm, what's the benefits to actually living this way and how scary is it? And do you still feel that way? Adam, are you, are you asking like specifically how I might choose to share on social media or with the public more vulnerable parts of my process? I think that's all I see. So yeah, I, and if there's another layer to that that I'm not seeing, please, if you could expand on that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, sure. Well, I think the underlayer, and it's probably obvious, but the underlayer is being willing to do that with myself, one mm. being willing to do that with oneself sharing it externally is like the, you know, the next step. Um, the benefit to it is I don't think there's any other way to grow. I, I just don't. Um, you know, I was just, I was just recording a video uh, before we got on today and I was saying something like this because it's so true. Like every, every huge leap I've had in my business, like doubling my income or whatever it might be, Every single one is predicated on being willing to see something in myself that I wasn't willing to see before. Every single mm. one. And that's fucking scary. Like the reason I was unwilling to see those things was because it was scary to see them. And I was scared who I would need to then become once I did see them. So mm. I think the vulnerability is really with ourselves first and being willing mm. to, to take an objective, curious look at our life and go, what am I not seeing here? And then once we see it, I wonder why I was unwilling to. What was scary about that? And it, it, it is scary to do that with ourselves by design because we're, gonna, we're automatically going to grow once we do. So, thank, so someone listening to this that's never gone there, the mind probably programs us specifically not to see whatever it is that you're referring to, right? Like if I have something that my mind doesn't want me to see, it's not going to let me see it. Correct. So I ask that because if there's any examples you could give uh, about yourself, just to, to cue people in to start looking, how do people start 
looking at themselves and seeing these things when they're pretty much programmed to stay away from seeing whatever it is about themselves. They might be able to see it in someone else. Like, oh, I see this person's got a problem with this. I could see that from here. But like when it comes to looking at yourself, it could be a lot more deceptive. Well, I think there's a lot of ways in. I think each person's way is, is unique, meaning certain books resonate for certain people, certain teachings, certain meditations, certain teachers. Uh, but, you know, the, the first and foremost, the things that have transformed me the most is, is having one-on-one support. So I, I'm always working with, with coaches who are in my corner to help me see these things. So I would say the first thing is someone should reach out to you, Adam, and, and book a call with you to get you on their corner and, and help them see because – these things are blind spots. Like they're called that for a reason. We fucking can't see them. Literally, we cannot see them. There's a million ways in, but getting support from the outside, I think, is the easiest way, first and foremost. Um, another way is just to start, you can reverse engineer this. So, what I mean by that is this ask yourself, like, what you would love to do for the rest of your life. If money wasn't an object, if you weren't scared how people would respond, if you knew you would succeed no matter what what would you want to go do? So let's say it is, um, you've always wanted to be a Hollywood actor, let's say. And you realize that and you're like, that would be so fucking amazing if that was my life. If I was already a successful Hollywood actor and that was what I woke up to every day. You can then reverse engineer it and go like, okay, what are the steps that would be required to do that? And you can sort of start to see, even if you don't really know, you know, you'd probably want to be out here in LA. You'd probably want to start going to auditions, maybe taking acting classes. Here's the thing. Once you start examining these steps to take, you're going to start noticing that you have emotional responses to those steps. So you may notice, well, I can't move out to LA. So just note that, write it down. There's a belief that I can't move out to LA. I don't know the first thing about acting. Note that. I'm too old. What you'll start to see is the thoughts that your subconscious uses to stop you from moving towards what it is you want. You'll then start to notice, if you want to, slow the whole process down. When I have those thoughts, I notice that I am, let's say, filled with fear. Or um, maybe you feel guilt if you were considering moving out to LA. Or for you, Adam, like leaving, your, leaving this, this business that you've built up and been a part of building up, Maybe you feel guilt towards your family. Mm-hmm. So you start to notice the emotional components connected to that. And you just start to dissect them, break them all down. Well, when I think about my dream, fear, guilt, self-doubt comes up. Well, I wonder where those come from. Well, when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I was always uh, criticized for not doing things correctly. Okay, cool. Well, there's the self-doubt. There's also the piece that's going to be connected to not wanting to let other people down because you're still sourcing your love from the outside. So this is, this is obviously a multifaceted practice, but I, I hope someone listening can start to take that to get in there a little bit and see what's actually going on. And the, like, so then you start to recognize, sounds a lot of it, like you're starting to recognize where this got planted. Yes. But that's part of it. How do you start to replan it? What's been the things that you've, I know you work with a lot of people on this in your coaching practice, and clearly you've done a ton of work on it yourself. What's the type of things when they start to recognize, okay, this is the message that got planted inside of me or I planted inside myself. You really want to be responsible for it. Yes, there you go. How do you start to shift away from that? What's one, one or two things you could say that, hey, once you recognize it within yourself, you could take it one step further? So there's, there's two things. 
it's really important to change the way you're thinking and feeling, which is just really the way you're talking to yourself. However, like obviously you want, if the message is, let's say one of the core messages you tell yourself is I'm not good enough to go do whatever. Yeah. Obviously your life is probably going to be benefited tremendously from changing that to like, I am absolutely good enough and I'm well beyond good enough to go do whatever the fuck I want. Obviously that'd probably benefit you more as far as your internal landscape. Oh yeah. And there's like this chicken and egg thing. Well, how do you actually get there other than just repeating those words, which sometimes is effective. Sometimes not. How do you actually get there? So one of the ways you can start doing that is to sort of like consciously implant a new feeling. So you can think about it like this. If I knew that I was more than good enough and that I was like absolutely going to win as long as I kept moving forward, how would I actually feel? Well, I'd probably feel confident. I'd probably feel really grateful for the opportunity to go do those things. Okay, cool. So then I'm going to, again, reverse engineer this thing. I'm going to consciously feel confident and grateful because feelings or emotions are, it's just energy vibrating at a certain frequency. Just like every atom in our body is the same thing. There's no difference. And we don't think like this, but we can consciously feel whatever we want to feel, whenever we want to feel it. We could, we could do experiments right now. I don't think it's really worth the time to do it, but we could do experiments right now where we, where we help each person create a sense of gratitude in themselves, regardless of what's going on externally. So once you can create those feelings, you can use those feelings to then go take new types of action mm. towards your goals. And when you take the action from a new place internally, meaning one that actually believes you can go do what you want to do, you'll get new results. And then those new results create new beliefs. That makes sense the way I described that. You know, I, I think we both probably run into a lot of people when they let themselves say this. I know a lot of us feel this way. Clearly, you and I have felt this way multiple times in our lives where we know we want to do something else than what we're currently doing, but we don't know what that is. I mean, you jumped around from being a jazz musician, then you got into house painting, then you knew something still was off. And I talked a little bit about myself with that as well with dentistry. And so many people say like, I, and I'm sure you run across this, like, I know I'm not happy or fulfilled with what I'm doing, but I have no idea what else to do. What would you say to those people that feel that way of where to start? Hmm. That's a, that's a fantastic question. For someone in that position, part of what's going on always is that at some point early on, they learned that it was not okay to have desire. Not hmm. really. There's a million reasons that can happen. But one, one of the reasons is we, we might be criticized if we want to go do something, or we might have the modeling from our parents. I was just talking to someone about this, a woman who's, uh, whose mother for her whole life basically had no dreams and no aspirations. And that wasn't true. She had just suppressed them. And one of the reasons mm -hmm. she had suppressed them was to try to stay safe by making everyone else happy around her. So this woman sort of inherited that pattern and is now re-examining her life after building a very successful business with that same feeling like it's time for something different but she has to rebuild this trust in herself that it's okay to even have desires to begin with i love it so part of it is really examining like it's not we don't come to earth disconnected from our desire 
Like our desire is, you know, the universe or God or spirit or source speaking through us going, Hey, please go create this thing. Because as you do, it's going to take you through the learning and growth process required for you to go do whatever you're here to do and to serve life as well. No one's disconnected from that inherently until we disconnect ourselves. So for anyone in that position, it's, it's just time to really take a look at why you would be disconnected from your desire to begin with, to start unpacking it from that direction. Start, start even the little things, like find something that you allow yourself to love to do and start to focus on those certain things, even if it happens throughout the day, just to open those channels back up. Yes. Right? And even Adam, as, as simple as this man, like going and taking a five minute walk and instead mm -hmm. of listening to something while you're walking, look around at the world and find things to be appreciative of. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just the way the sunlight is, is moving through the leaves on a tree or this warm breeze that just hit you, or how warm your jacket keeps you if it's a cold day. Really simple things. Because what that can do is just to get you back in touch with what's going on internally. Correct. And that's where desire really is felt, right? Yeah. Once you... And that it's actually like safe to feel joy and to feel expansion and to mm. feel gratitude. Because believe it or not, a lot of us don't actually feel like it's safe to feel those things. Because when we were growing up, there wasn't actually a space available to feel those. And if you did feel them, they were either going to be torn away from you or you're going to be made wrong for feeling them. Or maybe you'd just be ignored and you'd end up feeling isolated as a result. But for a kid, none of those things is favorable. Yeah, it's like I was listening to something the other day, one of Brene Brown's like video uh, thing on Netflix. And she was talking about how, you know, as mothers or fathers or whatever, you stand over your child when they're in their crib and you start to feel love and joy, then all of a sudden you kind of snap out of that because you get fearful of what's going to happen. If something bad happens, you're going to have that joy stripped away from you. So you don't, you only let yourself go so far. So to add to that, yeah, I mean, there's also fear. If you feel joy, may, maybe that feeling that comes right after that is, uh oh, but something bad's going to happen if I start feeling too much of this. Yeah. When's the other shoe going to drop? Well, here's, here's the last place I really want to go. Um, and I think you are the, the pinnacle to ask this question to because you've done so much work on this personally. It has, you know, a lot of what we've said about being visible comes with crossing a barrier of how do you get over the judgments of others? And how do you get over the judgments you put on yourselves? So how do you get over this fear of not being liked? Uh, it's something that I've done a tremendous amount of work on personally and how I feel like I'm only at the beginning of it. And it's something that when I just watch how authentically you're sharing and the, just the being you are, clearly you if that was something that was your thing, that's where I've seen you must have been tremendously courageous to be able to share what you're sharing with that being a core fear of yours. How the fuck have you, how the fuck have you done this? Like mantras, coaching, personal stuff, like where do you get, where, how has that muscle grown for you? Well, cer certainly everything you just listed, mantras, coaching, personal, you know, all of it. I use anything that I can to, to remind myself of the truth here. And the, the truth is that, this this thing's between us and God or us and spirit or us and the universe, whatever word is least offensive for someone or most resonant for someone. Um, and it's, it's no one's fucking business. Honestly, it just isn't. 
Now, cool, but that's easier said than done. Um, something I, I often point out to people who are struggling with this particular thing, who are really scared of being judged, is I'll ask them, like, is, is there anyone judging you in your life right now? Can you think of a time you were judged recently in a way that was uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Most people can pretty easily. I'll go, cool. So this shows us what the subconscious does. It threatens us in the future. If you go do this, this thing might happen. You might be judged. It might be torn apart. It threatens us with this thing that's actually already happening in our life. And I've yet to meet a person where it's, that's not true. Maybe that person exists and I haven't met them. So if you're scared, let's say you want to leave your job and you want to go do this thing and you're scared of how people are going to respond. If you're honest with yourself, you can find ways in your life already that people are judging you similarly before you even go make the shift. So the thing that your subconscious is threatening with you with is already happening in your life. There is no threat. It's already occurring all around you all the time. It's no different than what's going on. So what that allows someone to see is to go, oh shit, this thing I'm scared of is actually already happening. I'm totally fine while it's happening. I'm still alive. I'm still functioning. I'm still breathing. My heart's still beating. So there's no real threat here. And I think that does something in one's consciousness to see that the thing we're scared of is already happening. We're completely surviving it. It's no problem. And then the thing that no one wants to hear, and I sort of, I, I definitely did not want mm. to hear this at the time. <laughs> was you just have to go do the damn thing. <laughs> I know you're going to say that. There is, like everyone wants a magic bullet, including myself, but it doesn't exist. The magic bullet is going and becoming the person who does that because the person who's willing to go make the Facebook live or go on the podcast and do whatever the thing is, just by doing it, you've already won because you've already stepped into the type of person who goes and does that. And that's the type of person that then takes that further and goes and does more. So I'm all for, yeah, all, to be clear, I am all for all the internal work. Mm -hmm. And I think it's vital. I think it's important. And we have to be really honest and self-aware all the time. And no amount of personal work mm. is going to make the thing not scary. Like everyone waits for it to not be scary to go do it. The way it becomes not scary is to go do it while it's scary and then realize you're fine, even though it's scary. Yeah, well said. Yeah, and no, no amount of internal work without the actual doing it, the actual action, really is going to be enough. Right. I mean, because then you're just going to stay in your mind, yeah. and, and that's great. And but, but the additive effect of the doing it and replanting consciously that hey, I did this. I'm actually still okay. I'm stronger than before. Whatever that message you want to put to yourself is, is where real growth or shift from wherever you were. Can take place I yeah and, and, and connected to that adam i would say like i've seen a lot of people in this situation where they want to the thing they want to do requires more visibility so they'll go take the leap and they'll make like a facebook post or go do a facebook live or whatever that next step is mm. and it takes a lot of courage to go do that and then they won't immediately see the results they want mm. like they don't immediately have ten thousand followers on instagram as a result and they'll go see it didn't work. And that's the other piece is like, it's so easy to look in on someone else's success and go look how easily that happened or how quickly that happened. Mm. But it, it didn't happen quickly, not really. Like, you know, I, I tell people, because it's true, I took my, I went from 
painting houses to coaching. And I took my coaching business to six figures in like, I don't know, eight or nine months, something like that. I don't remember exactly, but it was pretty short and it was a lot more money than I ever earned in my painting business. So looking in from the outside, that's like a cool talking point. And it's, but it's a little misleading because it's not like it didn't just go from zero to 60. It's like to even get to the point where I, where I closed the other business and just went into coaching. There was years and years of work and trial and error and all that kind of shit going into that. So we live in this, in this world through social media and the access we have to people where it's so easy to look in and go, man, that happened so quick for that person. And if it doesn't happen for me that quickly, then it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. You know, I was, I just saw something from Lizzo. I can't remember where she's saying like 10 years ago in 2009, she was, I think she said she was like sleeping in her car on Thanksgiving, just crying, you know, at how shitty her life was. Just like 10 years later, I'm, I'm winning um, Grammys. That's fucking change. And 10 years is not a lot of time, not for that kind of turnaround. No. But people want it in 10 minutes. So it's sort of a long-winded way of just saying this, like go take that next step, but commit to taking that next step for the next 100 days, for the next two mm. years, three years, because – it does build up an internal momentum that eventually leads us to breakthrough. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. And that's such a good reminder when you are embarking in something new and you're still waiting for your seed to sprout before you're, before you're really strong. And that might take a long, long time to get to anyway. It's like this, this reminder that, listen, it, be pa- like there's a combination of being patient and being hungry. If I'm if I'm getting started with my business and it takes five or seven years, I'm still fucking young. Like, yeah, I started something new. This could take X amount of years. And I, as long as I'm really excited to build it every day and know it's going to come, it could take, it could take a few years and yeah, whatever and, it is that. And if yeah. you know the outcome is assured, it's like, wouldn't you go do it even if it took 20 mm-hmm. years? If you knew that in 20 oh. years you were going to have the thing you wanted, I always say that to people. I'm like, man, look, if, if I could assure you somehow that 10 years from now, you were going to have exactly what you want, make the money you want, doing what you love, working with the people you love, feeling the way you want to feel, would you not do whatever was required to get there and experience the setback, the frustration? And would you not keep going if you knew the end was assured? And if someone can't answer yes to that, then they're probably not on the right path. Yeah. They're probably not yep. doing the thing they're really here to do. What about when someone hears that and says, yeah, but how do you know it's going to happen? Like, do, like, what assurances do I have? What if it never happens? All the yeah buts, the what ifs. Yeah. Well, that's the time where we really have to, we really have to go macro and dip into universal law here and re- really go to the mechanics or the calculus of the universe. You have the desire to begin with because that is life with a capital L speaking that to you. Going, hey, you're here to go do this thing. And if you go do that thing, what you're going to start to find is just like in nature, like I'm looking out my window right now as we're talking, and I have trees everywhere. All of those trees, until humans fuck around with them, all of those trees have what they need in their immediate environment to thrive. That's the way life works. Like God doesn't fuck up in its creation. Life doesn't fuck up in its creation. Everything's taken care of. We're part of that continuum. We just don't think that we are. So the way we then apply that to our life is to go, if you have a desire, 
That is life speaking that to you, going, I need you to go do that to help life move forward through you. And the implicit promise is that you're going to have everything required to thrive while you do it, not just to survive, but to thrive. Like, you know, we really want to go into it, and I'll do it real quick. Oh, yeah. Science now says what spirituality has always says. There's a single source of life, call it whatever you want, it doesn't matter. And that single source of life is omnipresent and omnipotent. It's everywhere all the time. There's no way that you can lack anything except in your perception. So when someone's going, well, how do I know that I'm going to reach that place I want to go? You know because you have the desire to go there in the first place. You wouldn't have the desire if, A, it didn't serve life at a tremendous level for you to go do do it or be or have that thing. And B, if you have the desire to go do or be or have those things, the ways and the means must be provided. That's the calculus of the universe. The only way you won't get there is if you stop. It's the only way. I love that so much. And I, and I think that could be a really good place to pack it up because we had just mentioned so much about you know, thought, belief, elevated emotion, and... And really, it's the faith and the trust when you're getting into something new, when you're getting into something scary, that will help you get through those initial times where you're, like you said, you're putting a post out there and you're getting crap results to not turn back and say, oh, see, like I should stop right now. That, that could really, you know, that is a new concept for so many people to really have that belief, that faith, that trust in the universe and God, whatever, like you said, you want to call it, that will keep you going forward. Like you said, if it takes 20 years, would you, if you knew in 20 years, like you just said, that you could have whatever was in that image in your mind, in your heart, and you could just work towards that every 20, every day for 20 years, that, by the way, that would be a freaking awesome 20 years, wouldn't yeah, it? It would be. That's such a gift. I love how you said that. Well, listen, man, listen, I, we already went over 20 minutes over where I thought I really am, we could talk forever. And this was fantastic. And I just can't get over what you're doing, who you are, what you're putting out. It, it speaks to me. It's going to speak to so many other people. And what I want to do right now is, is definitely give you a plug. If you could share with me and the listeners, on where they could find you. Uh, you talked about your TV show, your podcast, uh, any social media. Yeah. Uh, really grateful you were here. Uh, thanks, man. Likewise, it's been th this 50 minutes or whatever it's been has absolutely flown by. So it's been a Oof. great pleasure for me too. Um, the easiest way for people to go find me is just open up your iPhone, go to the podcasts and uh, type in The Lift with Tristan Guttner. Every episode of the TV show is, is uh, put into the podcast right there. You can also go on Roku and Apple TV, and I believe it is on the Worldwide Television Network. That's the networker channel. And then you can find same same title, The Lift with Tristan Guttner. And uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Listen. If it speaks to you, leave a rating or a review. And uh, most importantly, if you have any questions, just please reach out to me. You can do that through my website, and I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes for sure. Awesome. Tristan, thank you, buddy. Uh, real, real pleasure for me. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm just again, so grateful you took the time to be here and love talking with you, buddy. We'll have to catch up soon. Likewise, brother. Thanks so much for having me. I, I always love when we get to connect. Yeah. 
Thanks so much for listening to the episode. If something resonated with you and you'd like to share it, please email me at adam at escocoaching.com or send me a message on social media.